Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Wow. Thanks, guys. All of you. This was fun, not just hearing them, but hearing you. That was really, really good. I, I, I like the word, the, the second song especially, is they said, um, your forgiveness is the only reason I really want to change. Isn't that great? That's a great line. And I know we, there's other great songs that, but that line really hit me. And I know we normally do this during um, announcement period, but I wanted to do it now because it fits so well in a sense of how we look at our community. We have some new people joining our church. And I just, I love this moment. I love this time. You get a chance to see their faces up there on the screen. So I wanna just basically quickly say, some of them are transferring, some of them are coming in by what we call profession of faith. So Maxim, Inya, Tatiana, and um, uh, Trudy, I think, Trudy, yeah. Those are the ones that are coming in by transfer, and we're really grateful that they've chosen this church as where they want to not only worship, but be, build relationships. Now, the ones I passed over, they're, the, they're here too, by the way. I think I've seen most of them, and, and I'm going to ask, and I'm not bringing you up here, guys, but I, I do know that you're there. So, Jeremy... Trina. Now, by the way, Trina is not going to be here because she is one of our remote. She, she's actually in a different city. She, she's one of our members from remote. Yes, give her a hand. It's really good. Welcome, Trudy, or uh, Tina. Sorry, Trina, and we got Trudy. But Trina, thanks for joining in with us. And our Arnaldo and Dustin. So if you guys are here, I didn't see Dustin or Arnaldo, but maybe they are here. Raise your hand. I know Jeremy's here. There's Jeremy. And I don't see... Anyway, you got their picture up there. If you see them, give them a warm welcome from whole life. So they're coming in by profession of faith. What that means is they've been baptized already. We We had a baptism last week. But they've already been baptized in Christ. We recognize the baptism, but now they're saying this is their community. This is where they want to grow alongside of each of us in Christ. So welcome. That's how I take a vote. I'm going to say there's a motion and there's a second. And all in favor, let's give them a round of applause so they hear it. It's been great having conversations with these, these folks. And you do, you know, you, through these conversations, you do wonder, what is it that that helps us choose a community? What is it that helps us choose where we're going to say, these are the relationships, these are the people that I want to journey along in my Christian faith with? What is it that that does that for us? I remember my very first community that I chose. I think I was probably right around uh, eight or nine, nine years old. And I remember going to my parents and saying to them, I want to be a pathfinder. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and by the way, Pathfinder Week is next week. So this is a shout. Yeah. That's Sabbath for the Pathfinders. Tomas, is, it's great. We'll, we'll, we'll hold off, but we're looking forward to it. But I wanted to be a Pathfinder in the worst way on so many different levels. One of them is the fact that, you know, my parents knew there was going to be a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a sacrifice, not a big sacrifice, but a little bit of a financial sacrifice. Okay, tell us why you want to do this. Well, I didn't want to say because all my friends are doing it because they always gave me that line of, well, after all your friends jumped off the bridge, you know. <laughs> and, but I said, no, 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 there's, there's other reasons. We get a chance to learn survival skills. And I pulled a really good one, you know, the last days thing, the eschatology, <laughs> the eschatology piece. I'm gonna learn a lot of those things in Pathfinders, so I'll be able to protect you all. So, I, and we loved it. We loved everything about Pathfinders, even the beginning of Pathfinders, right? When we were all hanging out, waiting for Pathfinders to start, we were like sitting there, yeah, what do you think? And, well, I think John Deere is the best chapter ever. You know, that was sort of the conversation. That's how deep it got with my friends. And Green Bay Packers, you know, growing, yeah, growing up, in Wisconsin, it was, it, was a, it was another religion, but I, I won't go there. But we all knew if you had these likes, and we knew that one thing, we loved our badges, we loved our marching, we loved all that stuff, but we all had to agree on one thing. All of my friends knew that we had to agree that we liked our director. He was a little heavy-handed, nothing like Tomas, but he was... He was a little heavy-handed, he had a temper, he was disciplined, he had a high level of autocracy, he was, he was arbitrary at times. But we all agreed that he needs to stay our leader because if he's not there, then one of our parents has to come in and be the leader and we didn't want that. So we kept him, we loved him actually. And as time went by, we started to realize, you know, his harsh, sometimes hot-headed ways we're actually good for our club. It disciplined us a little bit, and we were one of the best clubs in Wisconsin. So it worked out really well for us. And I remember one time, I was a little older, and he began to rely on me. He actually liked the fact that I understood some of his, you know, his heavy-handedness. And so, he's, you know, I, it was for the good of the club, and he called me up. He says, Jeff, would you come and help me load up the truck before everybody gets here? I would like to get a head start. So I joined him. It wasn't that far away. I rode my bike there. And there we were packing up the truck. And all of a sudden, he realizes that his truck is on empty. So he says, man, I got to get some gas before everybody gets here. I, I don't want to do that after, you know, we get it all packed up. So he says, jump in the truck. Let's go get some gas. Now, we lived in a very rural area of Wisconsin. And, the, and, the, and everybody knew that when, if you needed gas, you went into town to get it because that's where the cheapest gas was. However, on the way to town, kind of midpoint, was another gas station, Zeke's gas station, that had gas too, but he was always like 20 cents more than the ones in town. So nobody ever filled up at Zeke's. They just did it in case of emergency, get a gas, you know, a gallon here. But he had to fill up. And he didn't have time. So there we were, pulling into Zeke's. I could tell even when we pulled into that, up to that pump that my Pathfinder's director's temperature was raising just a little bit. I could see the steam coming out of his collar that he had to pay these kind of prices and plus fill up his truck. So in comes Zeke. 
comes up to the window. Now, Zeke's a big guy. He's always got a smile on his face. He's got a flat top, blondish red hair. And my Pathfinder director said underneath his voice, he said, he robs me blind while he smiles. <laughs> and so Zeke says, fill her up. And my Pathfinder director says, yes, fill it up. So Zeke goes over and starts filling up the trunk. Now, this is back in the day when it was full service. I know none of, probably most of you don't know about that. But also, the pumps back then, every time a gallon, or I'm sorry, every time a, yeah, a gallon would go into your car, a little bell would go off. And you can almost imagine that bell reminding my Pathfinder director of how much money he's spending as that bell. So with each bell, his fists got tighter and tighter to the point where I thought maybe he was just going to jump out of the truck and punch Zeke. And he composed himself a little bit, and finally that bell stopped. And, the, and Zeke comes around and he takes, and I didn't think he was going to be, even be able to hold on to the pen. His fists were so tight. And he signed his name on that little carbon copy of a credit card receipt. And he the, hands it back to Zeke. And he turns to me and he says, don't ever trust a guy with red hair. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with that. But I just sort of, you know, Okay. And then, as he pushed the gear on the truck, he yelled out the window, kind of half-heartedly, but yelled out the window with it halfway rolled down, and drives a Chrysler. And that's where that trip ended for me in terms of, I didn't say a word after that. As a matter of fact, all the way back, we just sort of kept quiet. I was hoping that my you know, director would just sort of cool down. And I had no reference point for those two criteria of who I should watch out for. It was like it, I, I had, there was nothing for me to go on other than the fact that it came from my Pathfinder director, who I'd kind of grown to appreciate. And I put that in my mind. I'm not sure if you would call it imprinting or whatever, but it really, it sort of just stayed there and I had no way of processing it. We had a great camp out moved on, and he never addressed it with me again, and I never brought it up. And I sometimes look back at that, and I think, you know, we carry with us so many different things, biases, prejudices, maybe even imprints that, that we don't even know how they got there. They're just there. Yeah, I like that team. I have no deductive reasoning behind it. I just like it. And we move through life that way. And I believe that sometimes we choose who we want to be with, what communities, what churches. I have the privilege every single month to ask that question. We call it new member orientation. As a matter of fact, most of you, a lot of you probably have gone through new member orientation if you've come to this church in the last five to ten years. New member orientation is where I get a chance to say, hey, what drew you to our community? What was it that brought you here? And a lot of times it's, hey, I really like the accepting 
uh, warmth of this church or I really love the, you know, the way in which you, you, you promote your welcome statement or sometimes it's, hey, I really like the Sabbath schools or the teachers or the preacher and, and we just, you know, we have these different pieces that we put in there but we can't really, we, most of the time we're not really saying stuff like, well, you're the closest church, I've measured it, it's only three and a half miles and that's the exact reason it's four and a half miles. No, nobody usually says that, thank goodness. There's, there's other reasons for it. So when I ask the second question, it's much more not so much about what we're doing to hopefully attract, but it's now their opportunity to see where they're at because they've already been given. They know the mission. They know the values and they know the, the way in which we understand our, you know, how we see this whole thing playing out on our mission, vision, and, and values. And then they get a chance to say, well, how they will respond. So I asked this question, why do you want to be a part of this community? Why do you want to, why do you see yourself in this church? Not because we want it, we want it to be a fit. We want it to be a place for growth. So that question I think was asked in a way, and that's, you heard it when the singers were singing. I think Jesus asked that question in a way with his disciples. It says when he was in a quiet place, it says he asked his disciples, you know, Luke, by the way, in Luke chapter nine, positions this question right after the feeding of the 5,000. And so these disciples have been, they've watched as all these, and there's a little bit of popularity going on here. There's a lot of things going on. And Jesus says to them, he says, hey, by the way, you've been around, you've been, you've been hearing things, you've had your ear to the ground, so to speak. What do people, are, what are they saying about me? Who do they say that I am? And, and then, they, of course, you, you had the text by Jess. She read it this morning. Well, some people think that you're John the Baptist all over again. Some people think that you're Elijah or one of the old prophets reborn. But you, he says, you who have been with me, you who have not been on the outside looking in through the windows, so to speak, you have been walking, journeying with me. What do you say? And Peter pipes up, we believe you're the Messiah. Now, now Luke doesn't take it much further than that. He, he moves into a kind of a leadership part, but John goes deeper with this. You see, John does the same thing in a little different way. John now moves it to the time the next day after the feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus comes in on that shoreline and he's met by quite a few people. And these are people that are followers. These are people that have been kind of checking Jesus out. These are people that had agendas. And they were kind of wondering, who is this guy? I, wanna, I think he's pretty, a pretty decent guy. I'm wondering if his agenda will fit in with mine. Or I wonder if somehow, and they might be a little more opportunistic, I wonder if maybe, you know, I could thrive if, if this works out, then, you know, maybe I could be a part of that group as well. However it was, Jesus set them straight in a really, really big way. He says there's no compromise. There's no way in which you can do your thing and my thing too. You either have to take all of me or none of me. He gave them a pretty harsh example of what that meant. And a lot of them really thought it was too much. 
a lot of them really kind of got exasperated. Some got angry. And so this is what happened. They said, after this, many of the disciples left and no longer wanted to associate with him. And so Jesus turns to his 12, or he turns to those that were in this inner circle again, and he says, do you want to leave too? And Peter responds, he says, where would we go? You have the words of life. And then he says, besides, we're already committed. We're already with you. We've already made that decision. You know, in counseling, there's three things that usually needs to be present if change is going to happen. I think Jesus was looking to see if shift was taking place. If they were actually starting to see what Christ was really about. And I think he was interested in seeing the progression of their thinking and their choosing and then the way in which they would direct their lives. He wanted to see that shift. In counseling, three things. Number one, a, a reimagining or a reframing or a re, in a sense, rethinking of how things are to how things could be. So alternative understandings. And by the way, if you look around, there's a lot of alternative thinking in this room. It's just good. Nothing wrong with that. It's just you get a chance to rub shoulders with people who don't think like you. That's not a bad thing. That's just an opportunity to be curious and take it for what it might represent or be for your life. Number two, there needs to be a trusting relationship. A relationship that is based highly on a high degree, high level of trust. And then there also needs to be what Peter said, there needs to be commitment, a commitment to that change for it to really take place, a commitment to that process. It was my sophomore year, and it wasn't a great year for me because uh, freshman year, all my friends had kind of left from then, the ones that had joined or went with me to college. And... Um, they had all either left or moved into a different program. Some of them had changed schools. But um, also, I had moved out of the dorm. So it was, and plus the classes were diff more difficult, and I didn't have a lot of time for friends. And so my time was usually spent at the library or in class until somebody popped into my life. And I literally mean that, popped into my life. I was sitting at a table at the library, and he comes up to the table and he says, hey, Jeff, did you hear? Now, first of all, I was a little taken back just by the familiarity of his tone, like he knew who I was. Now, I wasn't upset or anything like that, but I just was a little, it was a little strange. And um, I said, no, I don't know what happened. What happened? And he said, well, you and I both got chosen to be leaders for Friday Night Vespers for this year. And he said, I, you know, they're trying to decide between you and I. And I thought to myself, okay, well, thanks for letting me know. No, no, no. He said, that's not the reason I'm here. I said, oh. He said, I just, I just think that I wanted to tell you first in case you hadn't heard. 
And then he said something that kind of blew me away. He said, but I don't want that to get in between yours and my friendship. And I thought to myself, what are you talking about? <laughs> what friendship? I'm thinking, where, where is he coming from? And, and I wasn't trying, I didn't say that, by the way. I just kind of was taken back and I go, oh, no, don't worry about that. Um, if you want, I, didn't, I really didn't want that position anyway. I said, I, you know what? I don't go a lot of times on Friday nights and you know, you looks like you really, oh, I'd really like it. Okay, go for it. I, don't let me stand in your way. And he goes, oh, thanks. I just wanted to, you know, check with you first. And I go, no, 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 go. But as he left, I was wondering, am I, is there something missing here? Did I not see it? Am I that oblivious? And I, you know, I just couldn't get it past me. I know what you're all thinking. Did he have red hair? <laughs> and you would be right. I don't, and he didn't just have red hair, by the way. He had a, a beautiful red, bright beard too. And I would think about, you know, as, as I thought about it then for the next couple of weeks, I was wondering where in the world did this come from? And then I would see him all the time on campus. You know how that goes. I would see him all over and I'm going, how did he think I was his friend? How did that even happen? And I couldn't get past the text in, you know, in John chapter 15, where it says, Jesus I chose you, you did not choose me. When he says that to his disciples. I couldn't help but think of that. And how he says, and I'm changing you from servant or slave or bond, or whatever you think you are, to friend. And I had been bond. Because if I would have done it, if you know how I do first, first impressions with people, you kind of go, yeah, they have the potential, they could be my friend and whatever. And I was doing that. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And he would have definitely been a no don't even know why. So a couple of weeks went by and then all of a sudden I'm coming out of class and, and he's carrying a pamphlet and he says, Jeff, look. And I go, what? He goes, it's a road rally. We should do this. I'm still in that mode of bewilderment. And he says, we should do this. I got a bunch of guys that want to go come with us. Let's do this. It'll be a blast. I said, well, well when is it? And he goes, it's this Sunday. Come with us. And I said, yes. I said, okay, let's do it. And he said, yeah, all right. And, and so I went that Sunday to the parking lot where we were supposed to meet. A bunch of guys were there. And all of a sudden, we hear a voice from across the parking lot. And there he is. And we all go over there and he says, guys, come on, get in, let's get going. So we all got over there. I opened up the door and I realized I was getting into a town and country station wagon. <laughs> a Chrysler town and country station wagon. We had a blast. We had so much fun. My friend was driving and I realized that he was no longer just a friend. We eventually became best friends. He was the best man at my wedding. I was the best man at his. We became so close. The rest of the year, we didn't spend, the rest of the, actually the rest of college, we were almost inseparable. We were, did everything together. My redhead friend. 
I just want to challenge you because as you look around this room, this is the body. This is the body of Christ. You are part of it, but those things are present. Commitment, trust, and let me tell you, you have a huge spectrum of people who think differently than you do. That's a good thing. Take a holy curiosity towards that. Because when you move in that direction, I'll just tell you, change will happen. Change will take place. Not just to, you know, this community. I love that we just finished The Chosen. By the way, one of the, my favorite scenes in The Chosen is when Jesus is calling Matthew. And he's calling Matthew and he says, he says to Matthew, come, follow me. And Peter and James, and they're all like incensed. They're like, what? What are you talking about? What are you doing? And Jesus says, I'm calling Matthew, just like I called you, John. Just like I called you, Peter. I'm calling Matthew. And, and, and Peter goes, yeah, but this is different. And Jesus says, get used to different. I'm telling you, with the, what we have here, change will take place in this community when you have this holy curiosity. Change will take place in your world and change will take place in you. So get used to it. Oh, yeah. Jeff, thank, thank you, you so much for today's day. I got I to gotta admit, when I saw this, the, the title this week, when they, in the email I came, I'm like, Redheads and Chevrolets. I'm, I, I really don't know yeah, what he's going to be preaching from a about. Yeah, guy who has no hair at all, right? <laughs> but, you know, there's one question that everyone was dying to know. And that question is, how do we learn to love and appreciate a Green Bay Packer fan? That's, that's a rough question, yeah. And so, so you know, now it, it used to be that everybody was talking about NFL. Now we have to start talking about the soccer, you know, the, <laughs> you know because Messi just joined Miami and everybody's watching that. So we'll, we'll have to talk about NFL versus soccer now. <laughs> so uh, we did get one question here, and it says, um, when you are all in with Jesus means leaving behind old habits. Sometimes people don't like to see one grow or expect the new you, how can I be all in with Jesus when people attack you and don't like and accept the new person God has made you and constantly attack you to keep you down? Well, that is, I mean, first of all, you kind of, those of us that listen to that question, you kind of hold, hold a large amount of compassion for those kind of situations. Um, well, you know, in the Bible, it talks about us, you know, in a sense, looking at our suffering as being an indication that we are, you know, we're, you know, we're with God and that's a, we share in that suffering that he shares in it with us as well. But um, I think in that, in that regard, I think that we have to realize that there's probably going that whatever level they're at, there's probably going to be some sense of the world. You know, Jesus says the world didn't accept me either. And there is going to be some level of that. To what extent? And, you know, we live in a country where we have pretty decent freedoms. So I'm not sure what they're having to deal with, with maybe it's family or whatever. But um, the best thing we can do is, first of all, understand where it might be, have some empathy for where they might be coming from. I know that my 
I'll just tell you, not my family, but my, uh, you know, the, the family that uh, my wife comes from, there was some, some degree when their family all came into the church, there was some levels of different things that took place. And it was, it's not always easy. You have to deal with that. But I think for the most part, we, you eventually learn that a lot of the animosity that comes is based on either fear or it's, you know, it's based on some level of unfamiliarity. So maybe just conversations continued. Hopefully we'll, this, some of this animosity will subside. There's also counseling. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, someone who actually commented and said, this, this, this is God's party and he decides who to invite. As one of his invitees, maybe I need to look for what God sees and the values in, uh, he sees in other invitees. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. We get a chance. That's, that's how we start to see God is through the diversity of eyes that we have in this room. Everybody has a different way of looking at it. And everybody has a different perspective of how God sees them and how they see God. And so I think we grow when we understand the diversity of those pieces. So we have another question here from Rosie, and she says, I love the phrase holy curiosity. How would you define that exactly? Well, there's, <laughs> there's a curiosity that's just nosy, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and some people don't like being interrogated, right? So mm -hmm. I, I think that there is a level of, do, you know, why am I being curious? Am I just using you for another gossip session with somebody else? Or am I truly caring and having compassion and empathy for you? And I, and I think, though, if we hold on to how, where God puts us, I know a lot of times people would say, I don't want to talk to, you know, I got enough friends. I don't talk, need to talk to anybody. And I, I think that's another way of saying, I just don't want to take the risk. And I think that holy curiosity is that ability for us to realize that God has put us on this path and there are going to be people. Relationships are how we get to know how God works in our life and how we change. So I think that if our motivation is for growing and being a part of God's kingdom, then I think it's a little different. But if you're just being nosy, yeah, that's not holy curiosity, at least in my book. Well, that's all we have for today. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, we do have some other questions, so please join us uh, on Wednesday on the This Is Whole Life podcast. Everywhere you can find podcasts, we'll be tackling the rest of these questions. So thank, thank you. you, Jeff. Thanks so much. I want to give one more thank you to this band and to our singers. This was fun and incredible. It... it it does not stop, stop here. Next week, we do it again. And next week is Pathfinder Sabbath. And we look forward to that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so next week, we'll see you here. <laughs> thank you, Richard. Let me have a prayer with you before we leave. Father, thank you so much for this, for this church, for these people, for these minds, for these hearts. May each of us draw closer to you through these experiences so that next week and the weeks following that we are part of this, ch this church that in a sense is your invisible church where you are the head, you are truly our God, and we get a chance to be your hands, feet, voice, and heart. May this be a part of this change as we see it happening in us and around us. We pray this in your name. 
Amen. Have a good rest of your Sabbath. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.